Act Four of The Country Wife by William Witcherly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One Pinchwife's House in the Morning. Enter Alethea dressed in new clothes and Lucy. Well, madam, now I have dressed you and set you out with so many ornaments and spent upon you ounces of essence in porvilio and all this for no other purpose but as people adorn and perfume a corpse for a stinking second-hand grave such or as bad i think master sparkish's bed hold your peace nay madam i will ask you the reason why you had banished poor master harcourt for ever from your sight how could you be so hard-hearted twas because i was not hard-hearted no no twas stark love and kindness i warrant it was so i would see him no more because i love him heyday <laughs> a very pretty reason you do not understand me i wish you may yourself i was engaged to marry you see another man whom my justice will not suffer me to deceive or injure can there be a greater cheat or wrong done to a man than to give him your person without your heart i should make a conscience of it i'll retrieve it for him after i am married a while <laughs> the woman that marries to love better will be as much mistaken as the wencher that marries to live better no madam marrying to increase love is like gaming to become rich alas you only lose what little stock you had before i find by your rhetoric you have been bribed to betray me only by his merit that has bribed your heart you see against your word and rigid honour but what a devil is this honour tis sure a disease in the head like the megram or falling sickness that always hurries people away to do themselves mischief men lose their lives by it women what's dearer to em their love the life of life oh, come pray talk you know more of honour nor master harcourt i wish the other would come to secure my fidelity to him and his right in me you will marry him then certainly i have given him already my word and well my hand too to make it good when he comes well i wish i may never stick pin more if he be not an errant natural to the other fine gentleman i own he wants the wit of harcourt which i will dispense with all for another want he has which is want of jealousy which men of wit seldom want lord madam what should you do with a fool to your husband you intend to be honest don't you then that husbandly virtue credulity is thrown away upon you he only that could suspect my virtue should have cause to do it to sparkish's confidence in my truth that obliges me to be so faithful to him you are not sure his opinion may last i am satisfied it is impossible for him to be jealous after the proofs i have had of him jealousy in a husband oh heaven defend me from it it begets a thousand plagues to her poor women the loss of her honour her quiet and her and her pleasure what do you mean impertinent liberty is a great pleasure madam i say loss of her honour her quiet nay her life sometimes and what's as bad almost the loss of this town that is she is sent into the country which is the last ill usage of a husband to a wife i think 
Lucy aside. Oh, does the wind lie there? Aloud. Then, of necessity, madam, you think a man must carry his wife into the country if he be wise? The country is as terrible, I find, to our young English ladies as the monastery to those abroad. And on my virginity, I think they would rather marry a London jailer than a high sheriff of a county, since neither can stir from his employment. Formerly, women of wit married fools for a great estate, a fine seat, or, or the like. But now, tis for a pretty seat only in Lincoln's Inn Fields, St. James Fields, or the Pall Mall. Enter Sparkish and Harcourt, dressed like a parson. Madam, your humble servant, a happy day to you and to us all. Amen. Who have we here? My chaplain, Faith. Oh, madam, poor Harcourt remembers his humble service to you, and, in obedience to your last commands, refrains coming into your sight. Is not that he? No, fie, no. But to show that he never intended to hinder our match has sent his brother here to join our hands. When I get me a wife, I must get her a chaplain, according to the custom. That is his brother, and my chaplain. His brother? Lucy aside. And your chaplain, to preach in your pulpit, then? His brother? Nay, I knew you would not believe it. I told you, sir, she would take you for your brother Frank. Believe it? Lucy aside. His brother? <laughs> he has a trick left still, it seems. Come, my dearest, pray let us go to church before the canonical hour is past. For shame, you are abused still. By the world, tis strange now you are so incredulous. Tis strange you are so credulous. Dearest of my life, hear me. I tell you this is Ned Harcourt of Cambridge by the world. You see he has a sneaking college look. Tis true he's something like his brother Frank, and they differ from each other no more than in their age, for they were twins. <laughs> Your servant, sir. I cannot be so deceived, though you are. But come, that's here. How do you know what you affirm so confidently? Why, I'll tell you all. Frank Harcourt, coming to me this morning to wish me joy and present his service to me, I asked him if he could help me to a parson. Whereupon he told me he had a brother in town who was in orders, and he went straight away and sent him, you see there, to me. Yes, Frank goes and puts on a black coat, then tells you he is Ned. That's all you have for it. Pshaw, pshaw. I tell you, by the same token, the midwife put her garter around Frank's neck to know them asunder. They were so like. Frank tells you this too? Aye, and Ned there too. Nay, they are both in a story. So, so. Very foolish. Lord, if you don't believe one, you had best try him by your chambermaid there, for chambermaids must needs know chaplains from other men. They are so used to them. <laughs> Let's see. Nay, I'll be sworn he has the canonical smirk and the filthy clammy palm of a chaplain. Well, most reverend doctor, pray let us make an end of this fooling. With all my soul, divine heavenly creature, when you please. He speaks like a chaplain indeed. Why, was there not soul, divine, heavenly, in what he said? 
once more most impertinent black coat, cease your persecution, and let us have a conclusion of this ridiculous love. Harcourt, aside. I had forgot. I must suit my style to my coat, or I wear it in vain. I have no more patience left. Let us make once an end of this troublesome love, I say. So be it, seraphic lady, when your honour shall think it meet and convenient so to do. Gad, I'm sure none but a chaplain could speak so, I think. Let me tell you, sir, this dull trick will not serve your turn. Though you delay our marriage, you shall not hinder it. Far be it from me, munificent patroness, to delay your marriage. I desire nothing more than to marry you presently, which I might do if you yourself would. For my noble, good-natured, and thrice-generous patron here would not hinder it. No, poor man, not I, faith. And now, madam, let me tell you plainly, nobody else shall marry you by heavens. I'll die first, for I'm sure I shall die after it. <laughs> How his love has made him forget his function, as I have seen it in real persons. <laughs> that was spoken like a chaplain, too. Now you understand him, I hope. Poor man, he takes it heinously to be refused. I can't blame him. "'Tis putting an indignity upon him not to be suffered. "'But you'll pardon me, madam, it shan't be. "'He shall marry us. "'Come away, pray, madam.' <laughs> "'More ado, tis late.' "'Invincible stupidity! "'I tell you, he would marry me as your rival, not as your chaplain.' "'Come, come, madam.' "'Pulling her away.' "'I pray, madam.' Do not refuse this reverend divine the honour and satisfaction of marrying you, for I dare say he has set his heart upon it, good doctor. What can you hope or design by this? Harcourt aside. I could answer her. A reprieve for a day only often revokes a hasty doom. At worst, if she will not take mercy on me and let me marry her, I have at least the lover's second pleasure hindering my rival's enjoyment though but for a time come madam tis e'en twelve o'clock and my mother charged me never to be married out of the canonical hours come come lord here's such a deal of modesty i warrant the first day yes and it please your worship married women show all their modesty the first day because married men show all their love the first day exeunt scene two a bedchamber in pinchwife's house pinchwife and mrs pinchwife discovered come tell me i say lord han't i told it a hundred times over pinchwife aside i would try if in the repetition of the ungrateful tale i could find her altering it in the least circumstance for if her story be false she is so too aloud come how wast baggage lord what pleasure you take to hear it sure no uh, you take more in telling it i find but speak how wast he carried me up into the house next to the exchange so and you two were only in the room yes for he sent away a youth that was there for some dried fruit and china oranges 
did he so damn him for it and for but presently came up the gentlewoman of the house oh twas well she did but what did he do whilst the fruit came he kissed me a hundred times and told me he fancied he kissed my fine sister meaning me you know whom he said he loved with all his soul and bid me be sure to tell her so and to desire her to be at her window by eleven o'clock this morning and he would walk under it at that time pinchwife aside hmm. and he was as good as his word very punctual a pox reward him fought well and he said if you were not within he would come up to her meaning me you know but still pinchwife aside so he knew her certainly but for this confession i am obliged to her simplicity aloud but what you stood very still when he kissed you yes i warrant you would you have had me discovered myself but you told me he did some beastliness to you as you call it what was it why he put what why he put the tip of his tongue between my lips and so mousled me and i said i'd bite it an eternal canker seize it for a dog nay you need not be so angry with him neither for to say truth he has the sweetest breath i ever knew the devil you were satisfied with it then you would do it again not unless he should force me force you changeling i tell you no woman can be forced yes but she may sure by such as one as he for he's a proper goodly strong man tis hard let me tell you to resist him pinchwife aside so tis plain she loves him yet she has not love enough to make her conceal it from me but the sight of him will increase her aversion for me and love for him and that love instruct her how to deceive me and satisfy him all idiot as she is love twas he gave women first their craft their art of deluding out of nature's hands they came plain open silly and fit for slaves as she and heaven intended them but damned love well i must strangle that little monster whilst i can deal with him aloud go fetch pen ink and paper out of the next room yes but exit why should women have more invention in love than men it can only be because they have more desires more soliciting passions more lust and more of the devil re-enter mrs pinchwife come minx sit down and write ay dear bud but i can't do it very well i wish you could not at all but what should i write for i'll have you write a letter to your lover oh lord to the fine gentleman a letter yes to the fine gentleman lord you do but jeer sure you jest i am not so merry come write as i bid you what do you think i am a fool pinchwife aside she's afraid i would not dictate any love to him therefore she's unwilling aloud but you had best begin indeed and indeed but i won't so i won't why because he's in town you may send for him if you will very well you would have him brought to you is it come to this i say take the pen and write or you'll provoke me 
lord what do you make a fool of me for don't i know that letters are never writ but from the country to london and from london into the country now he's in town and i'm in town too therefore i can't write to him you know pinchwife aside so i'm glad it is no worse she is innocent enough yet aloud yes you may when your husband bids you write letters to people that are in town oh may i so then i'm satisfied come begin dictates sir shan't i say dear sir you know one says always something more than bear sir write as i bid you or i'll write whore with this penknife in your face nay good bud writes sir though i suffered last night your nauseous loathed kisses and embraces write nay why should i say so you know i told you he had a sweet breath write let me but put out loathed right i say well then writes let's see what you have writ takes the paper and reads though i suffered last night your kisses and embraces thou impudent creature where is nauseous and loathed i can't abide to write such filthy words once more write as i'd have you and question it not or i will spoil thy writing with this i will stab out those eyes that cause my mischief holds up the penknife oh lord i will so so let's see now reads though i suffered last night your nauseous loathed kisses and embraces go on yet i would not have you presume that you shall ever repeat them so she writes i have writ it on then i then concealed myself from your knowledge to avoid your insolencies she writes so the same reason now i am out of your hands she writes so makes me own to you my unfortunate though innocent frolic of being in man's clothes she writes so that you may for evermore cease to pursue her who hates and detests you she writes on so hi <sighs> what do you sigh detests you as much as she loves her husband and her honour i vow husband he'll ne'er believe i should write such a letter what he'd expect a kinder from you come now your name only what shan't i say your most faithful humble servant till death no tormenting fiend aside her style i find would be very soft aloud come wrap it up now whilst i go fetch wax and a candle and write on the back side for mr horner exit for mr horner so i'm glad he has told me his name dear mr horner but why should i send thee such a letter that will vex thee and make thee angry with me well i will not send it ay but then my husband will kill me for i see plainly he won't let me love mr horner but what care i for my husband i won't so i won't send poor mr horner such a letter but then my husband but 
oh what if i writ at bottom my husband made me write it ay but then my husband would see it can one have no shift ah a london woman would have had a hundred presently stay what if i should write a letter and wrap it up like this and write upon it too ay but then my husband would see it oh, i don't know what to do but yet if i'll try so i will for i will not send this letter to poor mr horner come what will on't writes and repeats what she writes dear sweet mr horner so my husband would have sent you a base rude unmannerly letter but i won't so and would have me forbid you loving me but i won't so and would have me say to you i hate you poor mr horner but i won't tell a lie for him there for i'm sure if you and i were in the country at cards together so i could not help treading on your toe under the table so or rubbing knees with you and staring in your face till you saw me very well and then looking down and blushing for an hour together so but i must make haste before my husband comes and now he has taught me to write letters you shall have longer ones for me who am dear dear poor dear mr horner your most humble friend and servant to command till death marjorie pinchwife stay i must give him a hint at bottom so now wrap it up just like t'other so now write for mr horner but oh now what shall i do with it for here comes my husband re-enter pinchwife pinchwife aside i have been detained by a sparkish coxcomb who pretended a visit to me but i fear twas to my wife aloud what have you done i i bud just now let's see it what you tremble for what you would not have it go here aside no i must not give him that so i had been served if i had given him this he opens and reads the first letter <laughs> come where's the waxen seal mrs pinchwife aside lord what shall i do now nay then i have it aloud pray let me see it lord you think me so arrant a fool i cannot seal a letter i will do it so i will snatches the letter from him changes it for the other seals it and delivers it to him nay i believe you will learn that and other things too which i would not have you so han't i done it curiously aside i think i have there's my letter going to mr horner since he'll needs have me send letters to folks tis very well but i warrant you would not have it go now yes indeed but i would but now well you are a good girl then come let me lock you up in your chamber till i come back and be sure you come not within three strides of the window when i am gone for i have a spy in the street exit mrs pinchwife pinchwife locks the door at least tis fit she thinks so if we do not cheat women they'll cheat us and fraud may be justly used with secret enemies of which a wife is the most dangerous and he that has a handsome one to keep and a frontier town 
must provide against treachery rather than open force now i have secured all within i'll deal with the foe without with false intelligence holds up the letter exit scene three horner's lodging enter horner and quack well sir how fadges the new design have you not the luck of all your brother projectors to deceive only yourself at last no good dominate doctor i deceive you it seems and others too for the grave matrons and old rigid husbands think me as unfit for love as they are but their wives sisters and daughters know some of them better things already 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 i say last night i was drunk with half a dozen of your civil persons as you call them and people of honour and so was made free of their society and dressing-rooms for ever hereafter and am already come to the privileges of sleeping upon their pallets warming smocks tying shoes and garters and the like doctor already already doctor you have made good use of your time sir i tell thee i am now no more interruption to em when they sing or talk body than a little squab french page who speaks no english <laughs> but do civil persons and women of honour drink and sing bawdy songs oh <laughs> amongst friends amongst friends for your bigots and honour are just like those in religion they fear the eye of the world more than the eye of heaven and think there is no virtue but railing at vice and no sin but giving scandal they rail at a poor little kept player and keep themselves some young modest pulpit comedian to be privy to their sins in their closets not to tell em of them in their chapels nay the truth on't is priests amongst the women now have quite got the better of us lay confessors physicians and they are rather their patients but enter lady fidget looking about her now we talk of women of honour here comes one step behind the screen there and but observe if i have not particular privileges with the women of reputation already doctor already quack retires well honour am not i a woman of honour you see i'm as good as my word and you shall see madam i'll not be behindhand with you in honour and i'll be as good as my word too if you please but to withdraw into the other room but first my dear sir you must promise to have a care of my dear honour if you talk a word more of your honour you'll make me incapable to wrong it to talk of honour in the mysteries of love is like talking of heaven or the deity in an operation of witchcraft just when you are employing the devil it makes the charm impotent nay fie let us not be smutty but you talk of mysteries and bewitching to me i don't understand you i tell you madam the word money in a mistress's mouth at such a nick of time is not a more disheartening sound to a younger brother than that of honour to an eager lover like myself but you can't blame a lady of my reputation to be chary chary <laughs> i have been chary of it already by the report i have caused of myself ay but if you should ever let other women know that dear secret it would come out nay you must have a great care of your conduct for my acquaintance are so censorious oh tis a wicked censorious world mr horner i say are so censorious and detracting that perhaps they'll talk to the prejudice of my honour 
though you should not let them know the dear secret nay madam rather than they shall prejudice your honour i'll prejudice theirs and to serve you i'll lie with them all make the secret their own and then they'll keep it i am a machiavel in love madam oh no sir not that way nay the devil take me if censorious women are to be silenced any other way a secret is better kept i hope by a single person than a multitude therefore pray do not trust anybody else with it dear dear mr horner embracing him enter sir jasper fidget how now lady fidget aside oh my husband prevented and what's almost as bad found with my arms about another man that will appear too much what shall i say aloud sir jasper come hither i am trying if mr horner were ticklish and he's as ticklish as can be i love to torment the confounded toad let you and i tickle him no your ladyship will tickle him better without me i suppose but is this your buying china i thought you'd been at the china house horner aside china house huh, that's my cue i must take it aloud a pox can't you keep your impertinent wives at home some men are troubled with the husbands but i with the wives but i'd have you to know since i cannot be your journeyman by night i will not be your drudge by day to squire your wife about and be your man of straw or scarecrow only to pies and jays that would be nibbling at your forbidden fruit i shall be shortly the hackney gentleman usher of the town sir jasper aside he <laughs> poor fellow he's in the right aunt faith to squire women about for other folks is as ungrateful an employment as to tell money for other folks aloud <laughs> bain't angry horner no tis i have more reason to be angry who am left by you to go abroad indecently alone or what is more indecent to pin myself upon such ill-bred people of your acquaintance as this is nay prithee what has he done nay he has done nothing but what do you take ill if he has done nothing <laughs> faith i can't but laugh however why do you think the unmannerly toad would come down to me to the coach i was fain to come up to fetch him or go without him which i was resolved not to do for he knows china very well and has himself very good but will not let me see it lest i should beg some but i will find it out and have what i came for yet horner apart to lady fidget as he follows her to the door lock the door madam exit lady fidget and locks the door aloud so she has got into my chamber and locked me out oh the impertinency of womankind well sir jasper plain dealing is a jewel if ever you suffer your wife to trouble me again here she shall carry you home a pair of horns by my lord mayor she shall though i cannot furnish you myself you are sure yet i'll find a way ha <laughs> aside at my first coming in and finding her arms about him tickling him it seems i was half jealous but now i see my folly aloud <laughs> poor horner nay though you laugh now twill be my turn ere long 
oh women more impertinent more cunning and more mischievous than their monkeys and to me almost as ugly now is she throwing my things about and rifling all i have but i'll get into her the back way and so rifle her for it <laughs> poor angry horner stay here a little i'll ferret her out to you presently i warrant exit at the other door sir jasper talks through the door to his wife she answers from within wife my lady fidget wife he is coming into you the back way let him come and welcome which way he will he'll catch you and use you roughly and be too strong for you don't you trouble yourself let him if he can quack aside this indeed i could not have believed from him nor any but mine own eyes enter mrs squeamish where is this woman hater this toad this ugly greasy dirty sloven sir jasper aside so the women all will have him ugly methinks he is a comely person but his wants make his form contemptible to him and tis e'en as my wife said yesterday talking of him that a proper handsome eunuch was as ridiculous a thing as a gigantic coward sir jasper your servant where is the odious beast he's within in his chamber with my wife she's playing the wag with him is she so and he's a clownish beast he'll give her no quarter he'll play the wag with her again let me tell you come let's go help her what the door's locked ay my wife locked it did she so let's break it open then no no he'll do her no hurt mrs squeamish aside <sighs> but is there no other way to get into them whither goes this i will disturb them exit at another door enter old lady squeamish where is this harlotry this impudent baggage this rambling tomrig oh sir jasper i'm glad to see you here did you not see my vile grandchild come in hither just now yes aye but where is she then where is she lord sir jasper i've even rattled myself to pieces in pursuit of her but can you tell me what she makes here they say below no woman lodges here no no what does she here then say if it be not a woman's lodging what makes she here but are you sure no woman lodges here no nor no man neither this is mr horner's lodging is it so are you sure yes yes so then there's no hurt in it i hope but where is he he's in the next room with my wife nay if you trust him with your wife i may with my biddy they say he's a merry harmless man now e'en as harmless a man as ever came out of italy with a good voice and is pretty harmless company for a lady as a snake without his teeth ay ay poor man re-enter mrs squeamish oh i can't find them oh are you here grandmother 
i followed you must know my lady fidget hither tis the prettiest lodging and i have been staring on the prettiest pictures re-enter lady fidget with a piece of china in her hand and horner following and i have been toiling and moiling for the prettiest piece of china my dear oh nay she has been too hard for me do what i could oh lord i'll have some china too good mr horner don't think to give other people china and me none <sighs> come in with me too <laughs> upon my honour i have none left now <laughs> nay nay i have known you deny your china before now but you shan't put me off so come <laughs> this lady had the last there yes indeed madam to my certain knowledge he has no more left oh but it may be he may have some you could not find what do you think if he had had any left i would not have had it too for we women of quality never think we have china enough uh, do not take it ill uh, i cannot make china for you all but i will have a roll wagon for you too another time thank you dear toad lady fidget aside to horner what do you mean by that promise horner aside to lady fidget <laughs> alas she has an innocent literal understanding poor mr horner he has enough to do to please you all i see ha hi madam you see how they use me poor gentlemen i pity you i thank you madam i could never find pity but from such reverend ladies as you are the young ones will never spare a man come come beast and go dine with us for we shall want a man at ombre after dinner <laughs> that's all their use of me madam you see come sloven i'll lead you to be sure of you pulls him by the cravat alas poor man how she tugs him kiss kiss her that's the way to make such a nice women quiet no madam that remedy is worse than the torment they know i dare suffer anything rather than do it pretty kiss sir i'll give you her picture in little that you admired so last night pretty do you well nothing but that could bribe me i love a woman only in effigy and good painting as much as i hate them oh, i'll do it for i could adore the devil well painted foe you filthy toad nay now i've done jesting <laughs> i told you so oh, a kiss of his has no more hurt in't than one of my spaniels <laughs> nor no more good neither quack aside i will now believe anything he tells me enter pinchwife oh lord here's a man sir jasper my mask my mask i would not be seen here for the world what not when i am with you no no my honour let's be gone oh grandmother let's be gone make haste make haste i know not how he may censure us be found in the lodging of anything like a man away exeunt sir jasper fidget lady fidget old lady squeamish and mrs squeamish quack aside 
what's here another cuckold he looks like one and none else sure have any business with him well what brings my dear friend hither your impertinency my impertinency <laughs> why you gentlemen that have got handsome wives think you have a privilege of saying anything to your friends and are as brutish as if you were our creditors no sir i'll ne'er trust you in any way but why not dear jack why defied in me thou knowest so well because i know you so well haven't i been always thy friend honest jack always ready to serve thee in love or battle before thou wert married and am so still i believe so you would be my second now indeed well then dear jack why so unkind so grum so strange to me come prithee kiss me dear rogue gad i was always i say and am still as much thy servant as as i am yours sir what you would send a kiss to my wife is that it so there tis a man can't show his friendship to a married man but presently he talks of his wife to you prithee let thy wife alone and let thee and i be all one as we were wont what thou art as shy of my kindness as a lombard street alderman of a courteous civility at lockett's but you are over kind to me as kind as if i were your cuckold already yet i must confess you ought to be kind and civil to me since i am so kind so civil to you as to bring you this look you there sir delivers him a letter what is it only a love letter sir from whom how this is from your wife reads hmm hmm and hmm hmm even from my wife sir am i not wondrous kind and civil to you now too aside but you'll not think her so horner aside <laughs> is this a trick of his or hers the gentleman's surprised i find what you expected a kinder letter no faith not i how could i uh, yes yes i'm sure you did a man so well made as you are must needs be disappointed if the women declare not their passion at first sight or opportunity horner aside but what should this mean stay the postscript reads aside be sure you love me whatsoever my husband says to the contrary and let him not see this lest he should come home and pinch me or kill my squirrel it seems he knows not what the letter contains come ne'er wonder at it so much <sighs> faith i can't help it now i think i have deserved your infinite friendship and kindness and have showed myself sufficiently an obliging friend and husband am i not so to bring a letter from my wife to her gallant ay the devil take me art thou the most obliging kind friend and husband in the world <laughs> well you may be merry sir but in short i must tell you sir my honour will suffer no jesting what dost thou mean does the letter warrant a comment then no sir though i have been so civil a husband as to bring you a letter from my wife to let you kiss and court her to my face i will not be a cuckold sir i will not thou art mad with jealousy i never saw thy wife in my life but at the play yesterday and i know not if it was she or no i caught her kiss her 
I will not be a cuckold, I say. There will be danger in making me a cuckold. Why, wert thou not well cured of thy last clap? I wear a sword. It should be taken from thee, lest thou shouldst do thyself a mischief with it. Thou art madman. As mad as I am, and as merry as you are, I must have more reason from you ere we part. I say again, though you kissed and courted last night my wife in man's clothes, as she confesses in her letter. Horner aside. Ha! Both she and I say you must not design it again, for you have mistaken your woman, as you have done your man. Horner aside. Oh, I understand something now. Aloud. Was that thy wife? Why wouldst thou not tell me twas she? Faith, my freedom with her was your fault, not mine. Pinchwife aside. Faith, so twas. Fie, I'd never do it to a woman before her husband's face, sure. But I had rather you should do to my wife before my face than behind my back, and that you shall never do. No, you will hinder me. If I would not hinder you, you see by her letter she would. Well, I must e'en acquiesce then, and be contented with what she writes. I'll assure you, twas voluntarily writ. I had no hand in it, you may believe me. I do believe thee, Faith. And believe her too, for she's an innocent creature, has no dissembling in her. And so fare you well, sir. Pray, however, present my humble service to her, and tell her... I will obey her letter to a tittle, and fulfil her desires, be what they will, or with what difficulty soever I do it, and you shall be no more jealous of me, I warrant her, and you. Well then, fare you well, and play with any man's honour but mine, kiss any man's wife but mine, and welcome. Exit. <laughs> oh, doctor. It seems he has not heard the report of you, or does not believe it. <laughs> oh, now, Doctor, what think you? Pray, let's see the letter. Reads the letter. Hmm. For, dear, love you. <laughs> oh, I wonder how she could contrive it. What sayest thou to it? <laughs> Tis an original. So are your cuckolds too original, for they are like no other common cuckolds, and I will henceforth believe it not impossible for you to cuckle the Grand Seigneur amidst his guard of eunuchs, that I say. And I say for the letter, tis the first love-letter that ever was without flames, darts, fates, destinies, lying and dissembligant. Enter Sparkish, pulling in Pinchwife. Come back. You are a pretty brother-in-law. Neither go to church nor to dinner with your sister bride. My sister denies her marriage, and you see is gone away from you, dissatisfied. Pshaw! Upon a foolish scruple that our parson was not in lawful orders and did not say all the common prayer. But tis her modesty only, I believe. But let all women be never so modest the first day. They'll be sure to come to themselves by night, and I shall have enough of her then. In the meantime, Harry Horner, you must dine with me. I keep my wedding at my aunt's in the piazza. Thy wedding? What stale maid has lived to despair of a husband, or what young one of a gallant? 
Oh, your servant, sir. This gentleman's sister, then. No stale maid. I'm sorry for it. Pinchwife aside. How comes he's so concerned for her? You're sorry for it? Why, do you know any ill by her? No, I know none but by thee. Tis for her sake, not yours, and another man's sake that might have hoped, I thought. Another man? Another man? What is his name? Nay, since tis past, he shall be nameless. Aside. Poor Harcourt, I am sorry thou hast missed her. Pinchwife aside. He seems to be much troubled at the match. Prithee, tell me. Nay, you shan't go, brother. I must of necessity, but I'll come to you to dinner. Exit. But, Harry, what, have I a rival in my wife already? But with all my heart, for he may be of use to me hereafter, for though my hunger is now my sauce, and I can fall on heartily without, the time will come when a rival will be as good sauce for a married man to a wife as an orange to veal. Oh, thou damned rogue! Thou hast set my teeth on edge with thy orange. Then let's to dinner. There I was with you again. Come. But who dines with thee? My friends and relations. My brother Pinchwife, you see, of your acquaintance. And his wife? No, Gad. He'll ne'er let her come amongst us good fellows. Your stingy county coxcomb keeps his wife from his friends, as he does his little firkin of ale for his own drinking and a gentleman can't get a smack on it. But his servants, when his back is turned, broach it at their pleasures, and dust it away. <laughs> Gad, I am witty, I think, considering I was married to-day by the world. But come. No, I will not dine with you, unless you can fetch her too. Pshaw! What pleasure canst thou have with women now, Harry? My eyes are not gone. I love a good prospect yet and will not dine with you unless she does too. Go fetch her, therefore, but do not tell her husband, tis for my sake. Well, I'll go try what I can do. In the meantime, come away to my aunt's lodging. Tis in the way to Pinchwife's. The poor woman has called for aid, and stretched forth her hand, doctor. I cannot but help her over the pail out of the briars. Exeunt. Scene four. A room in Pinchwife's house. Mrs. Pinchwife alone, leaning on her elbow. A table, pen, ink, and paper. Well, tis even so. I got the London disease they call love. I am sick of my husband, and for my gallant. I have heard this distemper called a fever, but methinks tis like an ague, for when I think of my husband I tremble, and I am in a cold sweat and have inclinations to vomit. But when I think of my gallant, dear Mr. Horner, my hot fit comes, and I'm all in a fever indeed. And, as in other fevers, my own chamber is tedious to me, and I would fain be removed to his, and then methinks I should be well. Ah, oh, poor Mr. Horner! Well, I cannot, will not stay here. Therefore I'll make an end of my letter to him, which shall be a finer letter than my last, because I have studied it like anything. Oh, sick, sick. Takes the pen and writes. Enter Pinchwife, who, seeing her writing, steals softly behind her, and, looking over her shoulder, snatches the paper from her. What? 
writing more letters oh lord bud what you fright me so she offers to run out he stops her and reads how's this nay you shall not stir madam dear 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 mr horner very well i have taught you to write letters to good purpose but let us see it first i am to beg your pardon for my boldness in writing to you which i'd have you to know i would not have done had not you said first you loved me so extremely which if you do you will never suffer me to lie in the arms of another man whom i loathe nauseate and detest now you can write these filthy words but what follows therefore i hope you will speedily find some way to free me from this unfortunate match which was never i assure you of my choice but i'm afraid tis already too far gone however if you love me as i do you you will try what you can do but you must help me away before to-morrow or else alas i shall be for ever out of your reach for i can defer no longer our our what is to follow our speak what our journey into the country i suppose oh woman damned woman and love damned love their old tempter for this is one of his miracles in a moment he can make those blind that could see and those see that were blind those dumb that could speak and those prattle who were dumb before nay what is more than all make these dough-baked senseless indecile animals women too hard for us their politic lords and rulers in a moment but make an end of your letter and then i'll make an end of you thus and all my plagues together draws his sword oh lord oh lord you are such a passionate man bud enter sparkish how oh, now what's here to do this fool here now what drawn upon your wife you should never do that but at night in the dark when you can't hurt her this is my sister-in-law is it not ay faith e'en our country marjorie pulls aside her handkerchief one may know her come she and you must go dine with me dinner's ready come but where's my wife is she not come home yet where is she making you a cuckold tis what they all do as soon as they can what the wedding day no a wife that designs to make a collie of her husband will be sure to let him win the first stake of love by the world but come they stay dinner for us come i'll lead down our marjorie now sir go we'll follow you i will not wag without you pinchwife aside this coxcomb is a sensible torment to me amidst the greatest in the world come come madam marjorie no i'll lead her my way what you would treat your friends with mine for want of your own wife leads her to the other door and locks her in and returns aside i am contented my rage should take breath i told horner this come now lord how shy you are of your wife but let me tell you brother we men of wit have amongst us a saying that cuckolding like the smallpox comes with a fear and you may keep your wife as much as you will out of danger of infection 
but if your constitution incline her to it, she'll have it sooner or later by the world, say they. Pinchwife aside. What a thing is a cuckold that every fool can make him ridiculous. Aloud. Well, sir, but let me advise you, now you are come to be concerned because you suspect the danger, not to neglect the means to prevent it, especially when the greatest share of the malady will light upon your own head. For how sair the kind wife's belly comes to swell, the husband breeds for her, and first is ill. Exeunt. End of Act 4